0: Welcome to the Heal Here podcast. I'm your host, Kate Flick, aka Oracle Lightworker. I'm a Holy Fire 3 Karuna Reiki Master Teacher and Akashic Records Reader. I also happen to be a Gemini, don't judge, a five-one emotional manifester and empowered empath. I am literally obsessed with helping you heal and showing you that you are your own best healer. Join me here where we will explore different techniques and modalities, and where I will share personal experiences and channel guidance to help support you as you move along the spiritual and healing path. I am so glad you're here. Hello, hello, hello. It is Kate Flick. I am here with my first episode, and if I'm being honest, I have been procrastinating. I have been putting this off. I have been wanting to start a podcast for a long time. I love podcasts. It's my favorite way to learn. Um, they've really honestly changed my life. I've just I, I've learned so much from the podcasts that I've listened to, and I've always wanted to share what I've learned in this format. Uh, but I have been procrastinating because I knew that my first episode would have to be about me and my story and, you know, how I got here, because this is not a path that I thought I would ever be taking. I never imagined that I'd be taking a leave for my job as a high school teacher uh, and be running a spiritual business like I am today. And it's been quite a journey to get to this place. And I have been putting off kind of going back and telling my story. And I've told my story many times. Um, I've you know shared it with my students in in the classroom and I've shared it with people before but it's I don't know what it is. I've just felt really hesitant to go back and it's almost kind of relive some of those you know parts of my life and and revisit those parts of myself that maybe I haven't thought about in a long time. So here I am today showing up and telling you, you know, my story and I hope it resonates. And I hope that you might, you know, see yourself in some aspect of my story. So here goes. (laughs) So introductions. Hi, my name is Kate Flick. As I said, I'm a high school teacher, and I'm currently on a leave first semester from my job. I live in Prince Edward Island, Canada, smallest province in Canada. I was born and raised here. I've lived here my whole life. I am married. Uh, I've been married for oh my gosh! Hmm, I should have I should have thought of this. Is this it's coming up on sixteen years? Is it sixteen years? Oh my gosh! Um, I have two daughters um, who are both in junior high, and yeah, I, I've lived here my whole life except for a brief stint. My my husband played hockey, and he he played in. Wichita, Kansas for a season. So I, you know, went with him when whenever he played hockey there for a season and that's actually where we got engaged. And yeah, we came back here and I've been living here ever since. So I'm going to go way back, way back in time. Uh I grew up and, you know, had a very, I'd say normal upbringing. I loved playing sports. As I said, I loved being outside. Um, I loved pushing myself. I was very much a perfectionist and a high achiever. I wanted to do the best that I could. I wanted to be um, the best. I was very competitive (laughs) growing up. And, you know, that's a whole other story of, you know, why why people are the way that they are. Um, I don't ever remember being an anxious child but I'm sure I was but I don't have memories of I, I don't know that and maybe it's just because of that time period is anxiety wasn't talked about or people didn't even really know much about it but that's not something I ever would have identified with but I I did have very high expectations for myself and you know I I wanted to achieve in all aspects of my life. I feel like I derived a lot of my self-worth Uh, from my achievements you know I needed that validation to feel good about myself I feel like this episode could go in a million different directions it could be like 10 hours long but it won't I digress I'll get back to trying to just keep the basics of this story Um, but yeah anxiety wasn't something that that I really noticed or you know maybe I couldn't put a name to it but it wasn't something that controlled my life in any way I never missed deadlines or missed work or anything like that as we know when I started to get jobs nothing like that Um, I'm sure that the stress that I experienced in my life I felt like it was normal and maybe it was normal at the time I honestly don't I honestly don't know but I do know what I do know is that when I had my first child in 2008 um, everything sort of changed for me and that is when I really started to notice stress and anxiety taking over my life and I remember clearly when I left actually even before leaving the hospital after giving birth I'm now reflecting back to the pregnancy itself and I remember being so anxious and just so overly anxious about everything and worried about the well-being of this baby that was growing inside of me and I was just constantly worried and a but I thought that that was very normal. And I know, I'm sure it is normal. A lot of moms would probably resonate with that. Um, but but now I'm looking back and seeing a lot of signs um, of this anxiety that was, you know, growing kind of within me as well as this baby. And I remember leaving the hospital and sitting in the backseat with my baby Um, this beautiful baby girl and my husband was driving us. And I remember putting my hands around the car seat and like holding the car seat. And like, it was like me trying to protect her from the world. It was, you know, I was, I don't know. I was afraid, I guess, that a car accident was going to happen. I'm sure my arms around the car seat were definitely going to protect her. But that was the level of anxiety I was feeling. I just was so anxious about this baby's well-being. So fast forward a few years, I have two small children, I am going back to work as a high school teacher, and I am the type of teacher that teaches all of the things. (laughs) Jack of all trades, master of none, perhaps, (laughs) but I have taught everything that you can imagine. And it was like, you know, I wasn't a new teacher, a super new teacher, but I was always like having different new courses thrown at me and I remember that year going back with you know two small children and just being so overwhelmed and just prepping every night like coming home from working all day and then you know taking care of the family and being a mom being a wife and then pulling out my laptop and creating powerpoint slideshows Every single night, because I literally was trying to stay one step ahead of my students, like creating this content, and it's like, you know, it's a lot as a new teacher. And even if you know you could be a seasoned teacher and get a new course, um, it, it's a lot. And and the courses that I had, I I wasn't given things from other people. I was always seeming to be starting fresh with these things, and it just it felt it just felt a bit hopeless at times. It's like there was just no no break from the, you know, parenting and work and the work would go on to the weekends with marking and what have you. And it just felt like there was never any reprieve and there was definitely no self-care happening in these, you know, couple of years like when I returned back to teaching after having my children and the new courses continue, <laughs> continued to come. And I don't even remember the, uh, I'm terrible at remembering the year. So I believe it was 2016, eventually when this happened, um, that again, I was teaching a new course and I just remember just staying up till like (laughs) 2am, doing these slideshows, getting up and it just felt like Groundhog's Day. Like it was kind of soul sucking, soul crushing and I was just getting so burnt out my mental health was awful and I don't even know if I realized that I had like terrible anxiety I can't remember if I actually was aware of it at that time it just felt like I was on this hamster wheel and I was caught in this vicious cycle and I just didn't know how to get off this this wheel this hamster wheel that I was on it just felt like it was never ending and You know, at that time, I was also struggling with issues with my relationship with my husband. You know, anybody who has young children, you know, probably understands the impact that can have on your relationship with your spouse and how much stress that that can bring to that relationship. And we weren't communicating well at that time. And, you know, that wasn't going well either. So it was like a... You know, a perfect storm, a perfect shit storm, to be honest, of like for a mental health like breakdown, essentially. And, you know, then that I wouldn't say breakdown. Well, I guess breakdown like I didn't have like a I don't know what what a mental breakdown is, but a rock bottom. I definitely had a huge rock bottom. And that was in 2016 Uh, when I was diagnosed with cancer. And I don't need to get into all of (laughs) my cancer story. But that was, you know, cancer has been my biggest teacher it, you know, that diagnosis was a defining moment in my life. And I honestly believe that the cancer is what saved my life, because I was going down this path. And you know, it was negatively, you know, affecting my whole life, like the decisions I was making how I was showing up in my life was so out of alignment and it it I had diverged so much from my soul's you know purpose and path and I had to hit this rock bottom to help me diverge and help me find a new path and so you know as hard as a cancer diagnosis is I can't think of, like, nothing has taught me more than cancer. Well, I mean, Reiki is up there. <laughs> the stuff I have, like, the, wow, the aha moments and revelations from Reiki, I don't know, up there with cancer. I will say that, but cancer, man, cancer, you be a teacher, y'all. I don't know if y'all fits there, but anyway, <laughs> um. so a friend, and this was, you know, a friend from university who is more of an acquaintance, it wasn't a close friend, um, but a beautiful, beautiful individual um, on the inside and out was, you know, before I, my diagnosis, a couple of years before, was she was diagnosed with uh, melanoma. And that's the same cancer that I eventually was diagnosed with. And, you know, for awareness purposes, melanoma is the most deadly form of skin cancer uh you know people I don't know like are not aware of it like I didn't realize you know my grandmother had a melanoma like it wasn't it was caught early so she didn't it didn't progress to the stage that mine had progressed to but you know these things are really important to talk about like your family history because you can be more susceptible um but yeah back to my friend um she passed away on Valentine's Day and I remember going to her funeral and it was just I mean it was so sad and she was leaving behind a husband and a young son and I remember like at at her funeral I literally got I can't explain it. It was like felt like a divine intervention. I felt like she was talking to me and I just was like told like you need to call your doctor. Like I had this random mole on my leg. It's like you need to get that mole checked out. And I can't explain it but it felt like a divine intervention. And now I I see it as being um, Belinda. I felt like she was kind of a guardian angel that she was looking out for me. And I immediately went home and I called my doctor and set up an appointment. So I go into the appointment and he knows, you know, I I explained to him, I had a friend who passed away from melanoma and he looked at it and said, and I love my doctor. He's amazing. But he said, this does not, I've seen lots of melanomas. This does not look like a melanoma, but I see your, you know, you have anxiety because your friend went through this. We'll get you in to see a specialist. So Fast forward, it took about six months to get into a specialist because I was low priority because it didn't appear to be a melanoma. And then the specialist looked at it. Another doctor who I, who I became, you know, became uh, not close with. You don't want to become close with any of these doctors who deal with cancer or surgeries, but who I would later be working with. Um, he didn't think either. And he looks at these types of things every day. And so I, it took almost a year to get um, this, this mole removed. It was almost a full year before I got my diagnosis and this doctor was shocked. Like he was very surprised because it, it just didn't look, I guess, like a lot of other melanomas he had seen. And I guess like just as an aside, what's so important is to remember is like trust your intuition. Like I was following my guidance. I felt like that I was given guidance and this is my body. And, you know, I went to get the checkup and I continued on with the process, even though people weren't worried about it. Like you need to trust your intuition. You need to trust your gut. You know, your body better than anyone else. And, you know, I always say this, but you know, our body is speaking to us, our body has so much wisdom, but there's sometimes a lot of layers of conditioning that prevent us from hearing this wisdom and guidance. And that's one reason I am obsessed with Reiki, because it literally peels back the layers of conditioning so that you can hear your own guidance, and your body's guidance and, you know, guidance from, you know, your guides and your spiritual team. So yeah, Reiki game changer. Okay, I digress. Back to the story. So, when I found out on January 20th that I had melanoma, I wasn't shocked. Okay. Everybody else in my family was shocked, but I was not shocked at all. Like on the drive home, my husband drove me to the appointment. My parents were babysitting our young children, and my husband broke down and started crying and you know i hadn't really seen my husband cry very much and i was like consoling him and it's like it's going to be okay it's going to be okay and when you know i remember going into my parents house and telling them and it was like i you know i ended up having to console i i just remember cons- consoling many people like my brother called me when he found out and he started crying on the phone. Another person I'd never really seen cry before or heard cry before. And I'm like, it's going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And I found myself in this odd position of me consoling people. It was so bizarre. And like, I don't know that I cried once during the whole cancer thing. And maybe I did. Um, Maybe once. I don't know. I don't remember. But I do remember that (laughs) it was a very weird situation and I, you know, through my healing journey I've come to realize that I repress emotions and it's like I will cry for someone else. If somebody else, like there's something emotional, I usually can cry for someone else. But when it's about me and my emotions, I can't I don't feel safe to express my emotions about me. And that's a whole (laughs) that's a whole other podcast I won't get into today. So during this cancer diagnosis, I freaking hit a rock bottom. Like it was bad. Like think about what I was telling you, like the burnout from, from teaching. I wasn't getting sleep, super anxious about everything. Then parenting, you know, two young kids having problems with my, you know, relationship with my husband. Like, as I said, perfect storm for like total rock bottom moment. And, and guess what? Like, Kate why didn't you see these signs like it was like my my spiritual team and my guides were like basically flashing neon signs to my face saying like you need to make some changes okay you need to stop what you're doing you need to take a step back and start taking care of your mental health prioritizing self-care you can't pour from an empty cup like there's a million things they were trying to tell me and, and I feel like it's like, okay, she's still not listening. Still not listening. Let's throw this at her. Nope. Okay. Nope. Still not listening. This girl is dense, y'all. She is dense. Why am I keep saying y'all? Um, <laughs> anyway, I finally, they're like, you know what, guys? Let's send in the cancer. The cancer, she's going to listen to this. And you know what? Yep, you were right. I did. I had to. I had no choice. I was, you know did was not doing well I became obviously it exacerbated my anxiety times a million I was just like uh I I just was you know I continue you know what actually reflecting now it's so interesting I continued to teach right up until you know my surgery which was was it scheduled during the March break or right before like I I worked up right until that time and Didn't take any time off. Didn't take a a day off after like the diagnosis. I went to school the next day, um, I believe. Like, but that's also, I think that that's something that had to change. That was like the teacher mindset. It's like, I can't ever call in sick. I can't ever do this. I can't ever do that. Like, you know, putting, I was prioritizing my school and my, like my school life and my job as a teacher literally above my family. And it's like, sounds terrible, I know. But a lot of teachers do this because the job can take over your life. It honestly can. And, you know, it's a sad realization when you've been prioritizing your job over your family. But it's like when you can't, you know, my husband would take our kids swimming every weekend on Sundays and I would spend the whole day. I, I shouldn't say the whole day, but I'd spend that portion of time when they were, when they were swimming at the school doing schoolwork and then I would usually go home, maybe take a little break and then do some more schoolwork, you know, in the late afternoon or evening to prepare for the week ahead. But it's like, I feel like I missed out on so many, you know, of these, you know, like the Sunday swimming, like I wish, you know, at the time, like I should have just went to the Sunday swimming and my schoolwork didn't have to be perfect. But yeah, that's anyway, that's something that I learned through the cancer is that, you know, your family, you're, it's just a job. It is just a job and it will go on without you. And there's always somebody who can fill your space. Okay. You are not indispensable in any job that you're doing. You're never indispensable. So you will be replaced in a second. Um, so yeah, so leading into, So what happened after the diagnosis, I had to wait, I think I had to wait till, was it February 23rd? So about a month. Yeah, it was February 23rd when it was my surgery. And so I had to wait about a month. And, you know, I did have high levels of anxiety, but now I'm actually remembering or realizing that my breakdown kind of came more after I had my surgery, um, the rock bottom hit more then. I feel like maybe the school was like diverting my attention and and, and allowing me to avoid um, the feelings that were coming up for me. Anyway, so fast forward to my surgery. I had to have like a wide excision on my lower left leg. And it was like when I woke up from that surgery, uh, I was shocked. I was like, where is part of my leg? Like it's grown back in a lot, but I was in very much... <laughs> I was shocked I was not prepared for that they took a skin graft I knew they were doing this but until you see it they took a skin graft from my hip because they had to take that huge piece out and then put your skin over it and I had like a hundred staples all around my leg or all around the incision or not incision the excision like the I don't know where my that big chunk that was taken out of my legs from medic in medical terms no um And also I had three, I had a a sentinel node biopsy, so I had three lymph nodes removed. And so the thing with melanoma is that, you know, at that time, the only treatment for melanoma was really um, surgery. It didn't respond to or doesn't respond to chemotherapy or radiation now there are treatments like immunotherapy is being used with success but at that time and i mean it's not that long ago but it shows you how much you know technology and medicine can advance in a short time but at that time immunotherapy wasn't available so basically what you know my situation was is that it's either best case scenario or kind of worst case scenario best case is that they remove they removed the cancer and when it was removed, they got it all. Okay. You know, a a worst case scenario or the worst case scenario was that it traveled, it got into my lymph nodes. And then if it did travel to my lymph nodes, because it didn't respond well to chemotherapy and radiation, that would not be very good. It would have been a very, um, bad situation. So, my mind at that time went to of course you know focusing on the worst case um, scenario and that just overtook my mind and I remember like after the surgery my husband you know took a week off work to take care of me and then he had to go back to work and then I remember after that he would drive me to my parents house where they would help take, care, you know, just like I wasn't up walking or doing much or of anything. I had to rest. And I would, you know, remember just sitting in the lazy boy chair at my parents' house and just sitting there consumed with anxiety. Like I could just feel the anxiety coursing through my body and I felt immobilized. I felt helpless. I just couldn't cope. Okay. And that for me, thinking back to that moment on my parents' Um, lazy boy chair to me that's a rock that was a rock bottom. It's like I can't cope. I can't deal with my life. and honestly at that point I had no cope no coping skills, no healthy coping skills. The way that I coped in the in the past was by striving, achieving, exercising okay I as I said I was very into sports and exercise I always, Exercise my whole life, and that was my release. That was how I, you know, that would be my only coping, healthy coping mechanism, probably that I had. And that was taken away from me because I couldn't even walk. So I was sitting there without any way to deal with this stress and anxiety that was building in my body. And that was a really scary place to be, uh, to be honest. Like it was, again, it was a a rock bottom moment. And I remember my mom, my mom had been chronically ill my whole life. And, you know, I, you know, most of my memories of my mom of her laying on the couch a lot of the time, and she's dealt with, you know, chronic illness. And um, she recently passed away, actually, this past April uh, from lung cancer. And she was a lot, like, she was very into spiritual things and spiritual modalities, and she had a very strong faith. And, and that's what kind of she focused on, you know, throughout her chronic illness that she, uh, that she struggled with. And I know many times to me, she had said, you should try this, or you should try, you know, tapping or and, and I was never open to it. I didn't, you know, I wasn't open to any of these kind of alternative modalities or ways, different ways. I was like that's out there, that's woo-woo. Like I I just I didn't say it in that way. I never said that to her, but this is what I was thinking in my head like, "Eh, no, that's not for me. I'm I'm good. I'm good." It's like, "No, you weren't good. You were not good at all. You were <laughs> She was not good." <laughs> um so I just remember that one day sitting there in the lazy boy and my mom said I'm going in to do some tapping do you want to join me and I just said yes and I said yes because I was desperate there was I just wanted to feel better and I didn't see any way of feeling better with you know the situation that I was in and I was it was basically you know in these rock bottom moments the they open open you up to experience and try new things because you're desperate you're freaking desperate (laughs) and that's how I was so I remember going into her room laying on the bed and she took me through a tapping meditation And if you're not familiar with tapping it's EFT tapping emotional freedom technique and shout out to Nick Ortner (laughs) y'all I keep saying y'all father of tapping I love you Nick okay I could do another I'll have to do another episode on how I fangirl about people and then have, like, little random sort of encounters, but not really. That's another episode for you. Um, so anyhow, my mom took me through a tapping uh, meditation and tapping you're, you're tapping on the different meridian, meridians of your body okay there's different acupressure points in your body and it's helping you to release trapped emotions and trapped energies and to help it also helps you release um, some stress that you're feeling and it's been shown to lower cortisol like it's you know I would say what tapping but once you experience it it's honestly a game changer um so she took me through a tapping meditation and I was you know I don't know it was probably 5 or 10 minutes and I just remember laying there and just feeling you know just a bit of relief and it's like it was the first time I'd felt any relief and it's just like I felt some relief from this anxiety that was just hanging over me and and I was just like okay and and so moving forward Every day when I was at my parents' house, we do a different tapping meditation. And it, it just so happened that it was the tapping summit or the tapping, I think it was a tapping summit or something where it's like a week. And I think they still do it in February or March where it's just like all these different free tapping meditations. So we were doing it every day and it was honestly making a huge difference in my anxiety and like, and the way I was feeling. And so I... I just continued to do it. And then from there it's just like my my mind just opened up to the possibilities and I started to get um super interested in meditation. You know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. I need to say that. So this went on and I was I had to wait 10 days post surgery for the results of whether the cancer was in my lymph nodes or not and and I should yeah, just say that that is why I hit my rock bottom. I couldn't deal with the uncertainty. I couldn't even imagine facing those 10 days waiting to find out if I could just walk out the door cancer-free or if like things were just, you know, maybe I wasn't going to see my kids grow up. Like it was just like, I it was so scary to me. And so the tapping allowed me to survive those 10 days. And I found out, thank you. Thank you, universe, that I didn't have cancer. It wasn't in my lymph nodes. And it's funny, during uh, during the times that I, you know, was waiting and feeling so much anguish, I also got so many signs from spirit. And that's another thing that piqued my, you know, my awareness to spirit and signs and past loved ones I was getting dimes I'll I'll probably do another episode on that but it was crazy the the signs of reassurance that I was getting it was beautiful Um, but yeah I find out that I don't have cancer and then it should be yay happy 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 this is a happy ending go on with your life and and that's it no (laughs) I didn't realize that The, almost the, the, the worst, maybe it wasn't, maybe those 10 days waiting could have been the worst of the rock bottom, but things didn't dramatic. Let's just say things didn't dramatically improve after I got, um, after I got the call that the cancer was all gone, that I was cancer free. No, things got very, very bad. So I had intense anxiety after, okay? Just, Worried that the cancer was going to come back, um, but another thing was that I was also dealing with this leg pain and swelling in my leg that I that I had the surgery on, and it just it it was so it was such a stressful time for me. And I I didn't realize going into the surgery, if you get lymph nodes like this type of surgery, this type of cancer surgery, you are at risk for lymphedema. And if, you know, people are aware of your lymphatic system, I feel like there's more awareness now of of your lymphatic system. Thanks, TikTok and Instagram for all these lymph drainage um, little tutorials. Uh, But at the time, most people didn't even know your anybody I talked to didn't know what lymph was or your lymphatic system your lymphatic system is actually part of your immune system. Uh, people, a lot of people don't. Oh, I didn't know it. Maybe you knew it and I just didn't. Um, But it's something that it helps keep the, your fluids in your body in balance and it helps your body defend against infections. And it's almost like it takes out the sewage. Like it takes out the, I don't know. Yeah, it's taking out the garbage every day. And if your lymphatic system isn't flowing, okay, um, it's, swelling will occur okay and and it's going to be you're going to be uncomfortable and it's not going to be good for your health so if you have lymph nodes removed you are at risk of developing lymphedema and anyhow i was noticing like swelling in my leg i was having pain in my leg heaviness in the leg and it was so scary for me and i did the way that i am i have a one in my human design profile if you're up on the hd and i am an investigator i research everything you want some you want to know about something like if if it's a hyper fixation and Side note, I'll do another thing on ADHD, but hyperfixation and one in your profile for human design combined are a crazy combination because I will research the shit out of anything that I'm, I'm interested in. You can't give me something to research. Well, I mean, you could, but if I'm interested in it, oh, this, I'll be going down all the rabbit holes. Like, Whenever I got my sauna, like I researched for like a year, I think, just like obsessively getting, you know, the one with the lowest EMFs and like off-gassing in the woods and like all the things like I just, I can't help myself. Okay. Anyway, I digress. So back to the lymphatic system. So this idea that I might have this lymphedema um, was terrifying to me. You know, I had compression stockings, and I was going to some different therapists, manual lymph drainage specialists, and, you know, a therapist at the hospital who would measure my leg. And it was just, like, so stressful to me. I was doing all the research about herbal supplements and the different things, and, like, I just wasn't seeing any resolution in the pain or the swelling and I was just getting so worried about what this might look like moving forward and don't don't Google image lymphedema okay okay you just literally paused this. Actually you're you're not even pausing it. You're Googling it right now. I know you are put that away put that away (laughs) there are various levels. Um so anyhow that ramped up my anxiety being obsessed with basically having lymphedema after exploring all these conventional methods, and I wasn't really finding the answers or the relief that I was looking for, I ended up trying Reiki. And I, you know, went in specifically saying, you know, I need like this is my problem. It's my leg. I want to heal my leg. And can you help me? And <laughs> the Reiki master that I went to was awesome. And she gave me this treatment. And I just felt I can't describe I just felt a sense of relief and I was just I was so relaxed afterwards and I just felt different I can't really explain it and I don't know that my leg pain felt any different or my swelling at that time you know it's not like I noticed a huge dramatic um, change in my leg but what I do know is that mentally and emotionally I felt better So I continued to go to Reiki sessions and every time I went, it was like, I just felt like I learned a little bit more about myself and I felt a little bit more connected to myself and the universe and my spirituality and it was almost like a coming home. It was like a coming home to myself and it was honestly, it was so unexpected and really so beautiful. And during that time, you know, I became very much into mindfulness and meditation and tapping and all of these things. I became very passionate about sharing these. Coping techniques with my students because I just noticed such an increase in anxiety and stress in the young people that I was working with every day, and I wanted them to feel empowered. I wanted them to feel like I was feeling like, oh, I do have control of my mental health. You know, I don't have to feel helpless, and I can use, you know, healthy, healthy coping tools um, to improve my life. And you know, I I really enjoyed sharing. These tools and techniques and experiences with my students. So another thing I became obsessed with uh, during this time was health and wellness. And I've always like from the time I was I don't know how old, like I've always been so interested in nutrition and I always had those subscriptions to mag. I had so many subscriptions to magazines, like all the different healthy eating, like nutrition type magazines, exercise magazines, you know, health and fitness magazines. I love, I loved magazines (laughs) back in the day. I read a lot of them and I think they're good for my short attention span now that I think of it um but i always had a real interest in nutrition and wellness and so in 2019 i took a course at the integrative um sorry the institute of integrative nutrition and became an integrative nutrition holistic health coach and you know i became so passionate about that i became very into biohacking and you know that's you know that's where i you know i got our sauna and actually used our I got insurance money. I got $10,000 insurance money, critical illness insurance uh, money. And it's one of those lotteries you don't want to win because it's like I had to go put in all this paperwork to prove that my cancer was bad enough. And they would evaluate if your cancer is bad enough <laughs> or whatever your illness was, then you would get the critical illness insurance. But if it's not, then you don't get the money. And I'm like, hmm, should I be happy that I got this or not happy? Um Anyhow, I was grateful for the money and I said, I'm putting this money into my health. So we bought an infrared sauna, which I love. We And my husband was just like, oh, like we, this will not get used. This man will not miss a day in the sauna. It's like a huge part of his nightly routine. It actually transformed our nightly routines big time. We were like watching television every night, eating chips and snacks and all these things. And so we Started instead, you know, after supper, you know, we clean up and stuff, put the sauna on, and then we go in the sauna, read in the sauna, what have you. And it would just like, it was such a nice way to wind down and prepare you for sleep. Anyhow, I digress. How many times have I said I digress in this podcast today? Um, So, where were we? Right. We were at the IIN uh, holistic health coach training. So, I became trained as a health coach and i actually went part time at school so i could do this training and and start um you know i had aspirations of you know having kind of a health coaching business and it's so funny like you know i you know it was it was the training was great and it was what i needed at the time but i always just felt like this is not exactly what it just doesn't something is missing from this I am not as passionate about this as I thought I would be and it's just I don't know it's something more and then you know as time went by my spirituality kind of started to grow Um, and so yeah I was certified in 2019 uh, as a holistic health coach and then you know in 2020 that's when the pandemic hit and honestly, the pandemic is another one of those things, like one of the best things that ever happened because it was so important and necessary for my spiritual development. It gave me the space I needed, you know, to I, I was going through, you know, when you go through that spiritual awakening and, you know, you you feel isolated or maybe you want to isolate. It's just like people and things weren't resonating with me that once had, I needed this space and it was just instrumental in my growth and my healing is to have that time that where you could be disconnected from everything, like and just reconnect with yourself. So in yeah, during the the pandemic, June of twenty twenty, I took the Kyle Gray certified angel guide course and like I had become very interested in, you know, Oracle cards and, you know, getting messages and, you know, I was pulling Oracle cards for myself all the time and like pulling them for some friends here and there. And so I took the angel guide and I was very interested in angels as well. And so I took that certification course and, you know, I really enjoyed it. I forgot to mention that in... 2019 I'm not great with these dates but in let's see so uh, yeah in July of 2019 it was actually my anniversary um July 22nd I know that I'm just not positive on the year I think it was 2019 do you find that since the pandemic you can't it's so hard to like conceptualize time and like remember I don't know did it happen this year was it like two years ago or like like one year ago like I don't I find it really hard. Like time is, time is crazy these days. Um, anyhow, um, my mom was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and you know, that came as, uh, you know, a shock to our family. She'd never, my mom wasn't a smoker. i never smoked in her life. Um, although in some ways, just like my cancer, wasn't a shock to me deep down. My mom's cancer wasn't a total shock to me either it's weird I always had this feeling that my mom was going to get cancer and I never told you the story how I thought and this is probably not good I need to really be clear with my thoughts but I actually always kind of thought that I was going to get cancer and you know maybe that's just health anxiety but I remember whenever we were getting a mortgage for our house my husband and I there was like this option where I don't know what it's called but you could get insurance like if one of the people who you know were in the mortgage if one of them got cancer and they survived then you your whole house would be paid off I don't know I'm sure it would if they didn't survive it would be paid off as well but regardless if the person got cancer the house was going to be paid off and I told my husband I said we should get that I think I'm going to get cancer and he's like basically you're an idiot (laughs) don't say that why would you say that and then then years later I'm like see, (laughs) we should have got that anyway. Um, so yeah, back to my mom, it was, you know, devastating for our family. Although again, I feel like deep down I wasn't shocked about it, but it was obviously surprising and it was, you know, devastating for our family to, for her to get that diagnosis. And my focus, After, after she got that diagnosis, I just wanted to heal her. I wanted to heal her so badly. And that's whenever I was kind of be, I became aware of the Akashic records and I became, you know, just like my, I say, I get obsessed with something. I became very obsessed and I read like two books on it. And then I ended up taking a course on it, how to read the Akashic records with, um, Ashley Wood, Align Within, I loved it. And I just, what I started to do was, um, you know, channel through messages for my mom. I wasn't channeling through for me. I was channeling messages to help my mom because I just wanted so badly to help her heal. And then that led to uh, August, 2020 of me then signing up for Reiki level one and two. And again, my intention That's why it's so funny for me now, not funny, but surprising for me that I'm like doing what I'm doing now. I'm teaching Reiki. I do Reiki sessions. I never would have imagined that in a million years. I had no intentions of ever. I never wanted to have my own Reiki business. To be honest, the reason why I took the Reiki training was twofold. One, to help heal my mother and two, to open up my spiritual gifts. i had heard from some other intuitives and So there's so many aspects to the story. So rewind after I was doing the Akashic records, you know, for my mom, I started just really that helped open up my spirituality as well. Whoops. And, and I started to peel back a lot of layers. And then I joined, uh, Danielle Serank's, um, spirit school, like her spirit school collective where I would for, I was in it for over a year and Every week, we would learn about new spiritual techniques and modalities, and we would have a we would be assigned practice partners every week and we would um share our gifts and practice. So I did that for a year and I was doing the Akashic Records, and you know, through those that experience, my spirituality and my gifts grew a lot. Um, but I had talked to a few people in the group and they. They had been, you know, trained in Reiki and they said that Reiki really helped their spiritual gifts, took them to a whole other level. So I'm like, OK, I need to I need to take Reiki for that. And and then I also want to take it so I can give Reiki to my mom every day. Um, So that was August 2020. And then uh, in that time, I also became very passionate, you know, even to a more of a like I'd been doing breathwork and meditation with my students, but I wanted to, take it to a different level. And I do have because because of the one in my profile, I like I said, I love to learn. And I, you know, I some somehow or sometimes become a bit of a certification collector. It's like I want to be certified in everything. It's just like I've so many things that I'm interested in. Um, so in May of 2021, I became a certified meditation and breathwork uh, teacher uh, through Ava Johanna. And I love that certification, and I just really, you know, I love teaching it to my students, and I've done some master classes online, and it's something actually I'm thinking about doing moving forward because I feel like people could benefit from it, and people, there is interest. So I'm um, stay tuned. I may be offering something with breathwork and meditation moving forward. Um, continuing on my little spiritual timeline, in July of 2021, I became a Reiki master. Okay, and that just blew the doors off honestly like wow I can't even tell you the heat personal healing and maybe some on a different podcast I'll tell you more about it Um, but July 2022 I became a Karuna Reiki sorry I should say holy fire Karuna Reiki uh, master which again all of these trainings every time I take take a Reiki training or took a Reiki training the growth that I've experienced is beyond words. Like nothing I've, nothing has helped me heal more than Reiki. Like it's been an absolute life changing energy for me. Um, and then more recently, I took the ICRT Animal Reiki Level One and Two and Master Training this fall. So I recently completed that in October. So. Yeah. So there's been a lot of learning and a lot of growth in the last number of years for me. And I'm on a literal, like, completely different path. And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I'm on a leave right now from my teaching job just so I could, I just, you know, my husband pushed me in this direction. If it wasn't for him, I would have not taken this time. But I, um, have, have used this time to you know really focus on growing my business and something I wanted to do was start a podcast so I'm finally starting it um, but just so many things that I've wanted to do that just you know you don't always have the time to do and you know I coach junior high basketball as well so when you put teaching in there and I was just teaching I can't remember if I mentioned this earlier or not but whenever I went to do my IIN training I went part-time And then, you know, with the intention of doing part-time health coaching and part-time teaching, and then I stayed part-time at 66% because it was life-changing. And, you know, go back to the beginning of my podcast where I said I didn't have any life balance and I was prioritizing work over my family. Um, If you know teachers, you will probably understand what it's like um, when you're a teacher. So working 66% kind of gave me back that balance in my life and help me prioritize my health and my family um, you know above my work which was wonderful and yeah so now I am off and working my business and my business is called Oracle Lightworker Healing and my offerings I have a lot of different offerings but the focus is combining the Akashic Records and Reiki and I just love these sessions are so healing because you get, it's like a total two for one package. You're getting channeled guidance from the Akashic Records. And I'll be doing some episodes on the Akashic Records, what they are, you know, what they, what what you can use, you know, how these Akashic Records and the information can benefit you. And, you know, I meld that with the, with the beautiful healing Energy of Reiki, and I will do some podcasts specifically on Reiki as well if people are interested in learning more about that healing modality. And so I do one-to-one sessions. I do group programs by times. I just did a group session last Sunday that was really healing. It was a Holy Fire healing experience. And so those are at a lower cost, and you know it's live on Zoom. I I have. My whole business is remote, and it's—it honestly blows my mind. Like, I—I I never would have imagined. Um, I held the vision, you know, in the beginning. If I look back in my notebooks, I'm a. Vi- Everybody knows I'm a huge holistic psychologist. Stan, number one fan, fangirl. I've—I'm—I'm I'm a huge fangirl. I also love BSB. Um, Mrs. Nick Carter, that used to be my my screen name on. I don't know what social media that was on back in the day. Uh, probably, what was that? I am, I don't even know. I digress. <laughs> oh, yes. So I was talking about holistic psychologist. So I used to do her future self journal. It's like creating the person you want to be and holding that vision. And every day, if you look back, I had in my notebook, I'd have all these affirmations like, you know, I am a healer. I help people heal. Um, I run a spiritual business. These were all like pot, like is it pie in the sky? Is that the expression? Like these were so far out of reach for me where I was like pulling Oracle cards at my um, in my living at my living room coffee table uh, amidst like a few like random crystals and my beloved beeswax candle. <laughs> That dream just did not seem possible to me. It just didn't seem like it just felt so, so far away. But it's funny when you put that out to the universe. It's amazing how the courses, the teachers, the mentors, everything, like the resources, it all shows up so that you can bring that to fruition. And that's a, another thing where you talk about the reticular activating system in the brain. Um, and you know, the law of attraction and all those things, which is, I'm coming up with all these ideas. I'm like, I need to write some notes down. This is another podcast, but it's crazy. Like then all these courses popped up for me and these teachers appeared when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So this future self that I was creating this idea of who I wanted to be, that was like not even, it didn't seem possible but I, but I wrote about it. I held the vision. And it's so funny because you oftentimes don't even realize how far you come until, you know, until you do a podcast and tell your story. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. How am I here? And why am I not showing more gratitude and, you know, to the universe and to myself because, or more compassion to myself, because sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough. I'm not, you know, grown my business as you know much as I want to but I need to appreciate I guess I'm getting I'm getting a little download for myself right now as I need to appreciate how far I've come because I've come a long way from that uh from that living room coffee table baby <laughs> now I'm sitting on a meditation cushion in my closet I think that's an important message for all of us is that we need to start appreciating how far we've come. I feel like we're always looking at, you know, how far we have to go and what we should be doing and, oh, why hasn't this happened in my life yet? And it's like, wow, if you take a moment to really like look back and honestly, for me, it's taken this podcast to realize, whoa, okay, I've come a long way and I need to give myself a little bit of grace because we tend to be so hard on ourselves and we need to celebrate our accomplishments and celebrate how far we've all come. And, you know, it's not easy. Life, these last few years, have been difficult for everyone. I don't think that there's one person that can honestly say that these last few years have been easy for them. Okay, there's been challenges for all of us as a collective. And we just have to really take a moment to appreciate how resilient and strong we are and all the learnings that have come in these last few years, how much we have grown and, you know, what we have achieved despite these challenging circumstances and what we've released from our life that no longer serves us and we we really need to give ourselves a pat in the back a pat on the back i'm giving myself a pat in the back now and i'm virtually giving you a pat on the back as well so well done we've made it to 2023 <laughs> so back to what i was originally talking about which was my spiritual business um, I just feel very fortunate to be doing what I'm doing and being a part of people's healing path. Um, you know, teaching people that they are their own best healer. And you know what I learned from my mom's cancer uh, journey is that I couldn't heal her. I wanted to heal her, but you can't heal anyone. I I, I can't heal you. I wish I could. <laughs> I wish I could heal everybody, but I can't heal you. But you have the ability to heal yourself. And I would love to help you see that. I would ha- love to help hold your hand uh, as you walk that healing path, and it's it's the most rewarding path um, that I have ever walked. And you know, I would love to be your guide if you if you feel called um, to work with me. Uh, so another way, other than the one to one sessions, I also teach Reiki. Uh, I'm currently teaching Reiki level one and two with plans to expand and teach uh, Reiki Master and Karuna Reiki Master. And also currently, uh, I'm working on the animal level, animal Reiki, ICRT, animal Reiki level one and two course. So I'm very excited about that. I'm very passionate about teaching Reiki. And, you know, again, you don't have to have intentions of wanting to open a Reiki practice, That was never my intention. It happened organically. Reiki will (laughs) lead you towards, you know, your purpose and, you know, for it will take you on a path of self-discovery. This is not where I expected I would be, but I'm grateful to be here. And yeah, I'm very excited about the next cohort of students that I'll be teaching. Uh, The course is going to run January 28th and 29th. It's all weekend it's a certification course so after you finish you will be certified as a level two holy fire three reiki practitioner and you can start your own business you can charge money Um, and you know most importantly from the training you will learn how to perform self-reiki and self-healing you also will learn how to send it distantly as i said like my all of my uh, sessions that i conduct are all remote they are and i have some that that I go on zoom live or you can book a session with me where I send you an audio audio recording of all the guidance I I don't need to see you to connect with you energetically. I'm just tuning into your frequency and channeling, you know, reiki energy to you. And I have clients from around the world which blows my mind. I have clients in uh England, Greece, Australia, like all around the United States. And in Canada, I have more people outside of the small province that I live in, you know, than, you know, I have more of my clients are, as islanders would say, quote unquote, from away. <laughs> if you don't, if, you, if you're not from PEI, we just say, oh, do you, you come from away, do you? Uh, so I'm just grateful to be able to connect with people from all over it's just so amazing to me and yeah anyway i'm very very thankful so that's me that's my story that's some of my story that's how i i got kind of in a nutshell to this place and i hope that you stick around uh for the ride and i plan on sharing a lot more about my life about my healing experiences about different modalities tools that will help enrich your life help reduce your stress and help you connect back with yourself and peel back the layers and remember who you really are anyhow i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and look forward to the next time we get to chat take care everyone